This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio. The new AM740. The world doesn't need another sports show. It needs an awesome sports show. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. Neil, the boys are back. Let's talk sports. Good morning and welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto. I'm your host, Walter Rigabon. As usual with me in studio, my co-host, Naz Marchese. Good morning, Naz. How are you? Good morning, you? Wally. How are you? We were just talking about NASCAR and uh, pretty funny stuff. Yeah, but uh, NASCAR, <laughs> Naz, uh, yeah, we, uh, let's get off NASCAR. <laughs> we don't talk about NASCAR in the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, although I, I do admit that it's... Uh, in in some circles, it's considered the fourth major sport in the United States, even ahead of hockey. But uh, um, we're not big NASCAR fans. Circles isn't the word. <laughs> Talladega. I was at the Talladega Open one time. The Talladega two years ago, and I, we stayed half an hour and we were out of there. That's what I think of NASCAR. So we'll move on. Anyways, but we will respect the fact that there are... Uh, devotees of NASCAR, and it's a huge, huge following um, in the United States. So uh, we'll we'll respect that. But I don't want to talk about NASCAR, Naz. I don't know why you brought that up. <laughs> Let's talk about something that's important in Toronto: Leafs Habs. And uh, I'm not too happy this morning. This is I, I can't believe this. Please, Naz, please correct me if I'm wrong. But is this the 14th straight 14 game we've in a row. lost? 14 in a row. To that. the hated Montreal Canadiens? What's going on? What? Uh, why can't we beat these guys? This, uh, you know, all uh, you know, we haven't. The Habs have had our number probably largely as a result of the fact that they've got Carey Price and Net has been uh, he's been the difference maker in most of those 14 games. Although I will give uh, uh, Frederick Anderson a, a pat on the back. He didn't uh, he didn't cost them the game last night. He played very well too, but. Uh, Man, we can't beat we can't beat these Habs. And last night, unfortunately, it was a really, really important game for standings purposes. Interesting stat: Montreal Canadiens take away their points against the Leafs and give them to the Leafs. The Leafs have seventy-eight points. Montreal is out of a playoff spot at sixty-five. Well, you know, um, yeah, that's that's a that's a good observation, Naz. Um, other another observation is uh, I think is this now the the we have we lot now lost thirteen times in overtime this year it doesn't seem like the Leafs I don't know what the number is but they're the Leafs uh, percentage in overtimes is abysmal see the and thing, that you know if see, they if they're even five hundred in in winning overtime games they they'd be clearly in a playoff spot here's the thing though okay in the regular season we go to three on three instead of the the five-on-five, five, right? We have shootouts. None of those occur in the playoffs. So those stats you can throw out the window. It's what you do in regulation time, five-on-five five, power plays and penalty kill. Leafs, I think, are fifth in the league on the on the overall in those categories. So look at that. Uh, I mean, I, I do look at that, Naz, and, and you make a valid point, but 
an even I think an even better point is is uh, the reality is whether we like it or not, uh, overtime does exist three yes. on three, and shootouts do exist. And Leafs are uh, statistic wise clearly in the bottom of the pack. And I mean it's almost like you have to put a team together um, thinking about X amount X percentage of your games you know are going to go to overtime. I don't know what the number is, but whatever. But they're not too bad in regular overtime. They're one in seven in shootouts. Yeah, so one in seven. Terrible. Uh, that's terrible. And, terrible. Um, you know, I, I don't know what the solution to it is. You got to find some guys who can put the biscuit in the basket, as Howie Meeker used to say. Um, uh, that's just the NHL today. And, and you know, in the reality is, when you come down, and this is a, I mean, if you look at the standings, uh, there are so many teams in the Eastern Conference jammed. Um, in the 66 to 70 point range. I mean, it's it's right now, there are a lot of teams in contention for a playoff spot. And and the reality, when, when the sun sets on this season and you come down to the last, uh, last week of the season, uh, most of these playoff spots are going to turn on one or two points. I mean, it's just headed that way. And, I mean, there's all kinds of teams in the thick of it. And, and, of course, the Leafs are in the thick of it as well. Um, but you're going to look back. Uh, you, know, you know, if the Leafs don't make the playoffs by one or two points, man, you're going to look back at, at, at all those games you lost in these, in these overtimes, in these shootouts. And, you know, and like a lucky bounce here, a lucky bounce there is going to make the difference between them making the playoffs. You know, not. we were talking about this before. Like, do you want to finish first in the Eastern – in the Atlantic Division? Because yep. – Whoever finishes first has to play either Columbus, Pittsburgh, or the Rangers in the first round. If you finish second and third, you play. Let's say it's Ottawa and Toronto. Toronto play Ottawa. Montreal wins their the division. They got to play Columbus, or Pittsburgh, or the Rangers. You want to do that? I think the best. I think I, I think you're, you're right. Now, the best matchup for the Leafs is to finish second or third, and to take on Ottawa. Or Boston, or aside from their recent There's difficulties too, with Florida. the Habs, Florida, um, I think the, I think the Leafs would give the Habs a good shot in the playoffs. I mean, the, this streak is going to come to an end. And you know what? Last night, I think the Leafs the Leafs are starting to miss Mitch Marner. Okay, he's been out five games with whatever injury we don't know. You're you've speculated as a separated shoulder. I think the injuries. That's what it looked like when see, he went see, into the board. Seems worse than what the Leafs have led yeah. on because he was supposed to have been in the lineup like almost the next game or whatever. Now he's been out five games. Now they're talking about uh, being in the lineup for the West Coast swing. They're heading out to the West Coast. I think they got San Jose Tuesday night, or uh, if I'm not mistaken. But anyways, they're going out for three games. I think it's San Jose Anaheim, Los Angeles and, and Los Anaheim. Angeles. Yeah. Um, uh, he's been held out. And I, my understanding is, based on the press reports, he's been held out by the doctors. He actually wants to play, but the doctors are holding him out. So I, I think there's a little bit more to it than meets the eye. Uh, but, I, you know, they miss him. Uh, he makes a lot of things happen out there. Yeah, speaking of injuries, Lowry for the Raptors. How does he not bypass the uh, All-Star game? You want to go, you want to uh, well, elaborate we on that one a little bit more, Well, Niz? Lowry goes and plays the All-Star game, and then uh, he comes back and he has, uh, he re-aggravated his wrist. So he went to the All-Star game with a bad wrist? Is that That's what That's correct. And, uh... Comes was, back and it's was worse. This, was this known? Yes, it was. And 
The Raptors didn't hold him out. They didn't the think Raptors it was serious enough. Out. Yeah, and then he comes back, and they, they say they don't know when he's coming back. Anyways, we've got a couple of minutes before the break, and before we go to the break, uh, you know what, let's, let's, let's talk about the Raptors for a couple of minutes. Since we're on the topic, Naz, you've brought it up. Uh, Masai, uh, Ujiri's been busy. Um, uh, Two great uh, You know, moves. he brought in Obake, he brought in, uh, oh, is it P.J. Tucker? P.J. Tucker. Yeah, and uh, big victory against the Celts Friday night, yeah. big game tonight. Uh, tell us, uh, I mean, you got to give him credit. You know, he's not hes not sitting on his hands. Uh, he obviously saw some uh, difficulty with the team, uh, more so on the defensive side, perhaps. Um, so he tried to, uh, you know, fill in a few gaps there. Uh, has he been successful? Yeah, they, he has. They look more intimidating now with those two guys in the lineup. They really do, defensively and offensively. They really look intimidating. The Raptors did not look intimidating at all before that. They didn't play a good first half, but the second half they were dominant on Friday night. I see good things for, for, for the Raptors. And Cleveland got smoked last night. Yeah, Absolutely got smoked. They're not, you know, they're it, not like going, they, love is out, right? They're yeah. not going on uh, full cylinders. Well, I mean, I think that's this, you know. This one, is the one, year one Cleveland game goes down. You know, it's an 82-game 82 82-game 82 season, or, uh, you know, and uh, you can't. And it's the same thing in hockey. Um, you can't. You're going to have some stinkers in an 82-game season. I mean, that's just the way it is. The, the difficulty with the Raptors is they got off to a really hot start, and uh, they, haven't been play, they haven't played good basketball, what, since the beginning of December, really? Uh, and you look up at the standings, and all of a sudden they're, you know, they're in fourth place in the East. Yeah, they're, they're three, fl- three games away from the Celtics. Yeah, three games out from the Celtics. Um, you know, we, we, we thought, you know, DeRozan was hot, Lowry was hot, and uh, we thought the Raptors was, were going to head to the uh, first place in, that, uh, in their division uh, quite easily, and that hasn't happened. Um, Don't forget, DeRozan. To, to got a certain hurt extent, too. DeRozan got hurt, hurt. No question, that certainly hurts. When you when you when you got when 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 most nights you've only got two guys bringing it to to the basket. Um, you know, you know, teams are either going to figure out a way to stop those two guys, or those two guys are going to run out of gas. Now, I'm not suggesting they've run out of gas, but in an 82 game season, you know, you're going to have some peaks and valleys, and you know, they they certainly saw the valley in the last couple of months, and hopefully they've, uh, they've turned it around and are headed in the other direction. Well, I think Cleveland can, can be beat this year, though. I really do. That's a pretty bold prediction, Nas. I'm not saying who's going to do it, but I think they can be beat this year. They can be beat, the Cleveland yeah. Cavaliers. Yeah, they can be. Chicago could beat them. You mean, are we talking about overall? Because we know Golden State oh, can oh, beat them. We're, no, we're, in their division. We're just talking about division. the Eastern Conference. Eastern somebody, Conference. somebody can take Chicago them. could do it. Chicago could do it? Yeah. They, they were the ones that cleaned up on Cleveland last night. What's the date today? February? February 20th. I'm losing track of time. 26th. 26th or 26th today? Okay, on February. Mark that down. Mark that down. Naz's, Naz's predictions... Uh, well, you're at 61%. Uh, you missed one. Uh, Two out of three is 66, <laughs> but who's counting? We, we, right? had, we had you up over 60, but I think you missed one this week, Ness, so we got you down below the 60% barrier. <laughs> but we'll keep it up. February 26th, Naz Marchese predicted the Cleveland Cavaliers are going to lose in the first round? No, no, they're going to lose in the conference. Lose in the conference. Okay, yeah. we'll mark that one up. Anyways, we've got to go to break. Just before we go to break, we just want to announce our guest when we come back from the break. We'll be talking to Mr. Hockey in Minnesota. 
Lou Nanny, Sweet Lou from the Sioux. Naz, of course, we've got great memories of Lou Nanny from those Minnesota North Star teams from the 1970s. Lou Nanny, heavily involved in Minnesota hockey. He's a hockey legend down in Minnesota who uh, was a legend with the Minnesota North Stars, was a legend with USA Hockey. He's in the U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame. He's in the International Hockey Hall of Fame. He's a noted commentator down, a local celebrity, and a good boy from Sault Ste. Marie, Canada. Uh, so we're certainly looking forward and thrilled to talk to Lou Nanny as soon as we get back from the break. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville announced that you can get a three-topping party pizza with 24 slices for just $24. It's perfect for large groups on a budget, like staff meetings, sports teams, or special ops units. Go, go, go. So before you break down any doors, get a three-topping party pizza with 24 square slices for just $24. Call Pizzaville on your cell phone at pound 3636. If you live and breathe basketball, Saturday's just got a whole lot better. Brand new to Yes TV, the Canadian Basketball League is a new home of great basketball action in Canada. Playing every Saturday on Yes TV. Good players, great basketball, international rules. Watch the full coverage live every Saturday at 8 p.m. on Yes TV. Steel's Paint in Woodbridge, an enormous 20,000-square-foot superstore that carries nothing but the best. Superior staff, superior advice, superior selection, superior everything. When you have a really tough job to do, they can knock it down to size. They'll show you how to get it done right, and because they only sell the best of everything, you'll get it done to last. That means superior satisfaction. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. The best. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada, and the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. Are they ever wrong about sports? I can answer that in two words. Impossible. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto on the new AM740. And once again, if you're listening in downtown Toronto... You can, also, you can also tune us in on 96.7 FM. We're thrilled to welcome to the Nazawali Sports Hour a legend in Minnesota hockey. He's uh, affectionately known as Sweet Lou from the Sioux. Of course, we're talking to Minnesota hockey icon and legend Lou Nanny. Good morning, Lou, and thanks for joining us. You're welcome. Good morning. It's great to have you, Lou, and uh, it's uh, it was it was actually quite quite a bit of fun uh, going through uh, researching this a little bit and uh, refreshing ourselves of uh, some great memories of, of Lou Nanny from from the 1970s and all and all of your accomplishments with the USA Hockey and of course the Minnesota North Stars. 
But I want to start a little bit earlier than that, New uh, Lou, where you got your uh, uh, you got your 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 nickname affectionately known as Sweet Lou from the Sioux. Of course, you were uh, grew up and uh, did your minor hockey in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, and uh, it was certainly th- uh, thrilled to, uh, to to talk about, to uh, read about that again in your days playing with Tony Esposito and Phil Esposito and all those great days in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario. Uh, a little bit about your fond memories of, of playing minor hockey and growing up in Sault Ste. Marie. Well, we were very fortunate. Uh, we grew up in a neighborhood where a lot of guys played hockey. I, I mean, it started off with Ubriaco and uh, Ravlich and Chico Mackey and myself and Phil and Tony and Korab and Boldrov and Ronnie Francis, etc. We all played for Angelo Bumbaco. And uh, Angelo actually uh, was the guy to put the teams together and he got sponsorships. Uh, from Phil's uncle, actually, Algoma Contractors were one of our sponsors, but the Chicago Blackhawks owned, owned all players. That's why all the guys except me ended up playing in St. Catharines. I, I wanted to go to university, and they wouldn't let me go to uh, University of Toronto. I wanted to play for St. Mike's. So I had to go to the States to play, and I ended up playing at the University of Minnesota. But uh, in our neighborhood, we were, you know, just a bunch of kids that, in those days, we didn't even have TV. All we wanted to do was play hockey in the winter and baseball in the summer, and that's what we did, and we did a lot of it. Uh, Lou, I, 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 Naz and I uh, uh, both being, uh, we're, 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 uh, we've been around a long time, too, and uh, we're just, a, a little smile on Naz's, uh, Naz's face, is, uh, his last name's Marchese, and, and you, you rumbled off a whole bunch of names, and you're, you're talking to a couple of paisans here, and it... Oh. it <laughs> Uh, I noticed that quite a few of them are of Italian-Canadian heritage, including yourself. Well, uh, that's right. In fact, uh, Chico Mackey played for us, and we kidded him that the reason why he was able to play with us because his name ended in an I, so people didn't know. But but the rest of us, uh, you know, we all had uh, either all Italian or, or in some cases, uh, you know, uh, at least the, the mother or father was Italian. So we uh, we had a neighborhood was. You know, all Italian. In those days, 40,000 people in Sault Ste. Marie, and I think almost 20,000 had some Italian blood in them. What a heck of a lineup in Sault Ste. Marie. The players you named off, incredible. Yeah, yeah. When you look at it, I don't know of any other community that small, especially uh, in in those days, and, and seeing that many guys make the NHL. Lou, how good was Phil Esposito then? You know, you know what's funny. Uh, uh, Phil was a very good player, obviously, and and uh, he was big early, so his, his size might have been one of the things that kept him from playing junior. You know, he didn't re- he didn't make junior eight till his last year of eligibility. The year before that, when I left, I went to play at the University of Minnesota. He tried with uh, St. Mary's, and I mean St. Catharines didn't make it, and, and I ended up playing. In, I guess it was in St. Mary's junior B. And then the following year, he finally made uh, St. Catharines last year a junior. But uh, you could always see the hand skills and, and the vision. Uh, his coordination maybe didn't catch up to him until a little later on, but he certainly had abilities that are very unique. Uh, we're talking Lou Nanny, of course, Lou Nanny. I, I, I know I know Gordy Howe was Mr. Hockey, uh, Lou, but I, I, I think you're Mr. Hockey in Minnesota. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to point you with that title. You're certainly a, a legend in Minnesota hockey and an icon down there. And uh, talking a little bit about uh, your early days, Lou, and then we'll, we'll move on to something a little bit more current. Um, growing up, uh, who was your favorite hockey team and... Uh, and uh, who inspired you? Who was your who was your hockey hero when you were 
growing up and playing minor hockey in Sioux City? Well, my my uh, major idol was Gordie Howe. But in those days, as I said, you know, you're not thinking about making the NHL. You want to make just a senior team. And we had the Sioux Greyhounds. And, and uh, my idol then was Terry Biocchi, who just played with the Sioux Greyhounds. But... I, I just lived and died with the Red Wings. They used to have their training camp in Sioux, Michigan, and at Polar Stadium. So when I was seven, eight, nine years old, I used to take uh, the, the ferry boat across and, and go and watch them practice. And I still remember the day that Metro Press and George G. gave me a ride back uh, across the Sioux, Ontario. And, and uh, I, Al Nagler used to do the games on, on radio. And, and we had... We had uh, a majority of the guys really were Detroit fans. And uh, in those days, if you go look back at it, Conn Smythe really wouldn't have uh, Italians on the team in Toronto. So all the Italian guys in the Sioux really weren't fans of the Maple Leafs. Don Grosso, uh, who was, uh, oh, about 15 years older than me, did play there for a while. And after that, I mean, guys like Cesar Maniago, who... Uh, he went to St. Mike's and became a teammate of mine. But you see, he got traded early on. So we all we all used to go either for the Red Wings and some of them, of course, used to go for the Canadians. Lou, you played against the Russians when uh, around the Summit Series, right? And how good were they? Well, I'll tell you, I, I started playing against the Russians in 1960 when I was at the University of Minnesota. And then I played against them uh, in the Olympics. I was uh, captain of the U.S. team in 1968. And when I came home, I joined the North Stars, and we used to, you know, have a hockey school. So actually, was Phil and Tony's. I'd go up there to work, and then they'd come to Minnesota to work on mine. And I'll never forget the '72 series when I went home in the summer to work, and I said to Phil and Tony, they had, Tony was complaining a little about it, having to get in shape early and go to training camp. I said, "You better be in shape." I said, "You have no idea what you're in for." And Tony said, "Are you kidding?" He says, "Team, we got there's no way, you know, we'll just run right through him." I said. You're in for the surprise of your life. And they remember they got hammered in Montreal, and then, uh, then they uh, went to Toronto, and the third game was in Winnipeg. And so I flew up to Winnipeg to, to see them, and after the game, Phil and Tony and I went out for a beer, and, and I remember Tony saying, I said to him, remember what I told you? <laughs> he said, I can't believe <laughs> you know, how good some of these guys are. And, and in those days, at the uh, Summit Series, they had already moved on from some guys like one of the best players I think I've ever played against was Anatoly Fyrsov, who by that time had retired. And in my mind, he was better than anybody that had in the Russian team at that time in 72. Uh, we're talking to Lou Nanny. Lou, uh, uh, you're in the U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame. You're also in the International Hockey Hall of Fame. And you have a connection uh, to uh, something that was in the news this, this week, which is, of course, the uh, Miracle on Ice which uh, was the 37th anniversary of the Miracle on Ice uh, this week. In fact, uh, it reminded us that we actually we interviewed Mike Garuzioni two years ago on the 35th anniversary. But you had a connection to, uh, to the Miracle on Ice because you were asked, uh, you were involved in, 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 in putting that team together and specifically the choice of coach. And you were a big, you were a big Herb Brooks booster. Uh, take, us, take us back, uh, take us back 37, 38 years and uh, the thought process about uh, putting that team together and why Herb Brooks was the man for the job. Well, when I finished playing in 68, uh, I, at that time I was also coaching university freshmen while I was working. I was in a contract dispute with Chicago. So when, when uh, 
expansion came, I became a free agent and so on. And Herb and I were rooming together in the Olympic team. And on the way home, I said, uh, Herbie, I'm going to turn pro when I get home. I said, you got to take over the freshman team in the university. And he was selling insurance. He said, well, i, I got no interest. I haven't been coaching. I don't want to coach. I said, yeah, you'll enjoy it. You'll like it. And so I got him the job at the university as freshman coach. Then you move fast forward 10 years uh, later, after I, the year I finished playing, in uh, 78, I became general manager and coach, and I was only going to coach for the two months. And so I went to the University of Minnesota to get Herb Brooks, who had now moved up as head coach and won a, a few national titles there. So we negotiated for a couple of days, and then he finally said to me, he says, Louis, I really want to coach the Olympic team. You're on the committee. Can you give me the job? And I said, well... I'd rather have you here, but if that's what you want to do, I said, Walter Bush is chairman, and I'm on it. I'm, I'm sure we could do that. So we selected her because we we felt he was he was a terrific coach, and he's a guy that uh, played in the Olympics, a number of world championships, knew the European style, knew the hockey. Plus, uh, in those days, he used to use college kids, and Herb was uh, as successful a college coach as there was in those years. So that's why we made the selection. And we had the camp in uh, Colorado Springs and invited in, you know, a ton of players uh, from college players. And Herb and the staff uh, you know, went through the tedious process of picking them. And then he came to me and said, I can't really you know, play college teams and be competitive against the Russians. He says, I need a better schedule. I said, well, I can't get you in the NHL, but I can get you some exhibition games with us and our friends. And then uh, I said, I'll tell you what, I'm chairman of the General Manager Central Committee, uh, Central League Committee, which was uh, our equivalent to the AHL. Some of us, like Tory Sin and myself, uh, not Sinan, but Fletcher and myself, we went in the, in the Central League because we can use younger players. And uh, so I said, let's go meet Bud Poyle. And so Bud was the president of the league, and uh, we talked to him and asked if we could put the team in the league. In the Central League, and have the points count. So every game, guys weren't just fighting, but the games meant something. And so they uh, were based out of Minnesota and joined the Central League. I think played about 32 games there, and that really, really, uh, we think, accelerated their development and their ability to play later on. Lou, uh, you got, you were involved in uh, the first, I think, and only NHL merger of uh, a couple of teams, Cleveland and yeah. Minnesota. Tell me a bit about that. Well, what happened was uh, the guns had moved the team from Oakland to Cleveland. It wasn't very successful, and we were in Minnesota. We weren't drawing either, and uh, and I got the job February 10th of 78, and then I went to the June draft, and not knowing that my owners and owners of Cleveland were talking about uh, putting the two teams together and having them in Minnesota, and the guns would take, you know buy the team and take over ownership. I'll never forget because I was sitting in the general manager's meeting beside Harry Howell, who was running, he was running Cleveland, and I was trying to talk him into a deal for Al McAdam. And uh, knock on the door comes and Bob McNulty and Gordy Ritz, Gordy Ritz was president, motioned me to come outside. And they said, whatever you do, don't make any deal for any players. You're going to have a lot of players. I didn't know what they were talking about until after the meeting. And I walked out, and they said, go up and meet Gordon George Gund because... Uh, uh, we're going to put the two teams together, and next thing I knew, I walked upstairs, and they talked about buying the team. And and the funny part was, uh, you know, the league at the time, you know, they were trying to vote on it, and and they had just we passed it in the meeting, 
and and uh, there was little opposition. But Sammy Pollock got up and says, "Gentlemen, I don't know what you guys are complaining about putting these two teams together when you get one big uh, bag of crap and another bag of crap. All you get is a bigger <laughs> bag of crap." And and so, you know, people were worried about the competitive balance, and he was telling them that you, you're not you're not going to have a problem. So, and they allowed us to put the teams together, protect ten and two, and then. They would, the non-playoff teams would draft from us, so that's that's what happened at the meeting there. Uh, we're talking to Lou Nanny, Lou. Uh, uh, slight, uh, just slight, a little slight change in topic. Going back to something we we discussed uh, a little bit earlier, you're you're obviously one of the more beloved. Uh, uh, personalities in, in in American hockey, and you've contributed quite a bit of your life to the improvement of the game in the United States, uh, and as probably as much as anybody has in the United States. Uh, and but the uh, although the juniors, the American juniors, have had some success lately, the national team perhaps hasn't achieved what would have been expected. But uh, it seems like a golden age of American hockey is about to dawn and we're reminded of that every day in Toronto because we have Austin Matthews who's probably going to be a centerpiece of American hockey probably for the next 10-15 years and you've got Jack Eichel and you've got Johnny Goudreau and and more names than I can mention uh, is a golden age of American hockey about to dawn well, I think it's been uh, coming for a while. If you go back and look at how many uh, junior championships and how many medals we've got in, in juniors under uh, 18, under 17, and, and uh, as well as women's hockey, uh, our numbers have really increased. We have uh, really improved and, and gained a, a big share in the NHL. I, I think last year there was over 220 players that have played in college, of 670 players or so who played in the league. So we're up to around... Uh, uh, I think <clears throat> right now our percentages is up almost to 31 percent of the players, you know, and, and so uh, American players now are really starting to become a big factor in the NHL. As you just mentioned, a number of names, we do have uh, some tremendous players, some that are going to be Hall of Fame players, and, and I think you're going to see it continue to go on with the expansion of hockey in the United States and the addition of Vegas, you you just keep adding more markets, and with that you get more awareness of the game, and with that you get more kids wanting to play, and so your numbers increase. And and uh, if you look at uh, what we've done, uh, we essentially now we own our own building in Plymouth, Michigan. The uh, USA Hockey does, and that's where we have our our uh, under seventeen, under eighteen year programs where we get the best kids from the United States and develop them, and that's where we're. We've had such a, a strong success in the last uh, 10, 15 years. Lou, what, what are the expectations of the Minnesota Wild this year? They look like cup contenders with Bruce Boudreau behind the bench. Well, as you know, any time you're playing the Stanley Cup and you want to you wanna win, you need three ingredients. You need your goaltender to be good. You're not going to win with bad goaltending. You need your best players to be their best players, and you need to be injury-free. So... If they have those three things going for them, they got a shot. If they don't, they're going to be like everybody else, you know, and they won't. And they, regardless if the West isn't quite as tough overall as it was the last few years, there's still some very, very good hockey teams that uh, they got to get through to just get to the finals. When you get to the finals, then you, you know, you're going to meet another strong team from the East. 
But as you said, they do have a shot. They've been very consistent throughout the year in their play. They're, uh, for the most part, been major injury-free. They've had Brodino for five, six weeks, and they've had one or two other guys out here and there. But overall, they've been uh, fortunate in that way, and Dubnik's given them uh, pretty consistent goaltending. So they got the ingredients in place. Now it's just uh, making sure that the, those three factors work. Lou, there's a local Toronto hockey legend that's the coach of the uh, of the Wild this year. Of course, I'm referring to Bruce Boudreaux. He's a legend as a junior A player here at, with the Toronto Marlies. Um, how much? Uh, what what's what strengths have you seen in Boudreaux this year that have uh, made uh, turn this into? I, I consider this the greatest uh, Minnesota Wild team ever. Uh, that you know they've been there, I guess, 16 or 17 years now. Um, what is it about Boudreaux that has made a difference? Well, first of all, you are right. They are the best uh, wild team they've ever had. And and there's been a, a number of things that making them a success, success. First of all, he made uh, great additions to his coaching staff, and that being Scott Stevens, who's worked wonders. He, I mean, he's just brought the defense to another level, which they were pretty good at, to start with. And secondly, John Anderson has done a great job uh, with the forwards and the power play. But uh, beyond that, <clears throat> Bruce has got a unique way of communicating, getting his message across, getting a hold of the player's uh, attention, making certain that he gets through to them, and having them respond to what he needs. It, it, it's, it's really a key to be able to get the player's focused attention and, and then follow through on your message if you're going to be a successful coach, and he's, he's got that in spades. Talking to Lou Nanny. Lou, uh, we won't take up too much more of your time. Just a couple more areas I'd like to explore. Um, the uh, Dallas Stars have a Stanley Cup. Uh, in your mind, does that Stanley Cup belong to Minnesota as well? <laughs> no. You know, <laughs> although a big part of my heart was there, Madonna was the last guy I drafted. But uh, that's Dallas. I, we want one in Minnesota. So even though uh, the the Minnesota Association is part of the Dallas Stanley Cup. I'd have to say that everybody in Minnesota wants to have their own Stanley Cup that they could say, this is our Stanley Cup. So we're like everybody else that uh, works hard for it and wants to get it. And and I know that, uh, you know, it's difficult to do. I mean, look, it's the 67 since the Leafs won. But i got to tell you, Lamorello and Babcock and Shanahan have done a marvelous job and Hunter and do with there because that team you got in Toronto right now is as entertaining as any team in the league to watch. And I think the young kids you got there are really a core of something great for the future there. Uh, Lou, one last question for me, and I'll, then I'll turn it over to Naz and see if he's got a last question. But uh, we, we tend to think in Canada that we, at times, and certainly in the Toronto area, we tend to think that we're the center of the hockey universe. And, and we forget about how important hockey is. Uh, and is deeply embedded in in the passion of other people in different places. And and, and I want you to comment on on something that uh, the the hockey fans in Minnesota are passionate uh, to an extreme uh, nature with respect to one one thing that we maybe in Toronto we don't understand. Perhaps you can educate us a little bit. And uh, it's the Minnesota High School Hockey Tournament. 
you guys just go crazy for that down there. And the passion for Minnesotans and their, and their high school hockey is, uh, is something that's equivalent, if not more, than the passion Canadians have for hockey. Tell us a little bit about the Minnesota High School Hockey Tournament. Well, it's, it's coming up in two weeks, and uh, I'll be broadcasting. I started broadcasting it 52 years ago, and I've been broadcasting most every year since. Even when I played, I used to do one day before we'd leave, and <clears throat> or the team would let me stay back for a day, and then I'd catch up to the team. But uh, I, just let me put it in, in this scope. Now, we've, we've really had something extremely unique. In 1991, when the North Stars weren't playing very well, and I was doing the telecast for CCO and uh, on the uh, state high school tournament. I remember because I was still with the North Stars. I remember that the state high school tournament got more money for television rights for the four three days that the state high school tournament did than we got for the whole season for the North Stars. Wow! And and uh, we had you know uh, consistently. Uh, I mean. Every day you you get crowds of eighteen thousand, the bands, the people, and it's just it's something. It's like the Hoosiers basketball film if you've ever seen it. And now uh, later on we div- divide into two groups, one A and, and uh, one double A, so smaller schools. That's taken away a little of the luster because we got two tournaments now that they run simultaneously. Uh, they one double A plays Wednesday, uh, Friday, Saturday, and double uh, A. Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So we've lost a little of the luster, but not the following. And it's uh, it's something that I really got to you got to be there to see it to believe it. And uh, if you look at so many of the players that have played in the NHL that are Americans from Minnesota, you'll see uh, I'd say seventy percent of them have had the opportunity to play in the state tournament. Lou, how good was Henry Boucher as a high school player in Minnesota? Henry and what a tournament he was having, and he got injured during the tournament. But Henry, uh, not only the state tournament, Henry's one of the best players that's ever been developed in the state of Minnesota. And uh, he was actually a teammate of mine when he lost uh, sight of his part, a lot of sight of his eye, and had to eventually his career ended. But an extremely talented player. And uh, there's almost like a folklore of Henry Boucher in Minnesota for high school hockey because in those days they never had, <clears throat> had the depth they have now. Of you know, you know, they play four lines, they got six defensemen. Henry used to be on the ice the whole game almost, you know, and and uh, they never had the depth they had, and he was just a magnetic personality and a tremendous talent. We've been talking to Lou Nanny. Uh... Lou, uh, it's it's been a distinct privilege for us to uh, to chat with you. Uh, uh, you are Mr. Hockey in Minnesota. You're beloved. Uh, you've had an incredible career. Uh, you keep your uh, it's still going. I know you've uh, you got a restaurant and you're involved in all in different business interests and uh, you're a go-to guy when uh, when people want to talk uh, U.S. hockey, Minnesota hockey, and uh, we we thank you so much for uh, um, sharing uh, sharing a few moments with us. Uh, it's well, deeply appreciated. Well, thanks, guys. You're, there's, there's, I used to tell the coach there was two places if I ever got traded. You could trade me to either Toronto or Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's one of the great cities in the world. So well, thanks you, a lot. Nice talking to you. You would have fit in great here with uh, in, in Toronto, Lou, but uh, we wish you all the best and continued, uh, continued good health. Thank you so much Thank for joining you. us. Thank you. Nice talking to you. Thanks. Thank you, Lou.
of course, was uh, was Lou Nanny, a true gentleman, Naz, and uh, he definitely is. I mean, he's he's he certainly is Mr. Hockey down in Minnesota. Started off from the Sioux and uh, uh, built an uh, uh, an incredible career, and he's he's really really loved down in Minnesota. Yeah, that's for sure. And uh, a lot of stories. You can talk to him all day. Yeah, it's it's interesting you brought up. I just wanted to mention to our listeners uh, in your last question, Naz. You brought up uh, uh, how we felt about Henry Boucher. We had scheduled, uh, we wanted to make this Minnesota Hockey Sunday on, uh, on the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We had uh, we'd spoken with Henry Boucher, and we'd hoped to have him on the show. And unfortunately, we've been unable to connect with him this morning, although we, we're going about to go to break right now, and uh, we'll continue to see if we can get a hold of him. We'd love to talk to Henry Boucher, and uh, we'll be ba- right back after the, uh, after the break, and uh, look forward to taking some calls as well. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville asked, Do you want to meet the hot Hawaiian of your dreams? This hot Hawaiian is slathered in bacon, red onion, spicy sausage, pineapple and hot banana peppers. A medium thin crust is just $12.99. One bite and you'll say, Liu, wow! You might even get a lay on the beach. Call Pizzaville at pound 3636 on your cell phone. CBLTickets.com is how you get your family up close and in the action. Canada is the new home for up-and-coming basketball talent. Good players, great basketball, international rules. Watch the Canadian Basketball League and make an exciting sports night for the whole family that won't break the bank. Go to CBLTickets.com and purchase tickets starting as low as $15.50. CBLTickets.com. Give the gift of basketball. At 20,000 square feet, Steel's Paint and Woodbridge is Canada's largest independent paint store. Big deal, right? Big deal? Yes. The best brands, the best staff, the best advice, the best of everything. From color matching to brand selection, whether you're a pro or a DIYer, we'll look after you from the minute you walk in to the minute you walk in a second time as a completely satisfied customer. Big store, big deal, bigger satisfaction. Simple. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada, and the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. They never argue sports. They just explain while they're always correct. The boys are back. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto. We had hoped to uh, get a hold of Henry Boucher, but we haven't been able to make that connection this morning. So, uh... Uh, we'll, uh, we'd love to take some calls. As we'll take some calls, 416-360-0740, one Oh, lines are lighting up pretty quick today. Once again, those numbers are 416 416-360-0740, 1-866-740. 4740. We'd love to take your call and uh, talk about any sports or whatever's on your sporting mind. 
Anyways, from Etobicoke, the D General. Mr. General, what's on your mind today? Good morning, guys. How's it going? It's going great. How are you doing? Oh, fantastic. What a great interview with, uh, with Mr. Nanny. Uh, I, that takes me way back, Minnesota North Star, Cesar Maniago and the gang, and uh, probably one of the best teams that never won the Cup that should have won it at that time. But uh, uh, I guess uh, those great teams of that era, they, they just bring back those, uh, those great memories that we were talking about. But uh, I, I wanted to uh, ask you guys, the Leafs this year, you know, honestly and, and from the heart, do you, do you think that they can make a run in the playoffs? Are they going to be good enough? I mean, the Eastern Conference, other than Pittsburgh and maybe Washington, is bit of a of a um, you know a quagmire of, of uh, middle teams what do you guys think and I'll uh, I'll let you guys discuss well, I think the Rangers are pretty good seeing them the other night they look like a pretty good squad and uh, Lundquist looked terrific uh, started slow this year but it's looking terrific now so I, I I think they can win a round or two if they if they place themselves either second or third in the division who's uh obviously the two top favorites in the in the um can't even remember the names of the these divisions anymore. Uh, the East, I guess, is what we used to call it. Um, Pittsburgh and Washington are look like they're heading for another Titanic, Ali Fraser type of uh, type of uh, series. Uh, everybody's saying the Capitals uh, have got what it takes this year. Uh, they didn't have it last year. Um, Crosby and Malkin and company. Uh, don't look like they want to give this up that easily. Um, Washington obviously looks like they're going to finish first overall. Um, are they uh, are they going to get knocked out in the first round, or are they going to make it through and uh, uh, are they going to be the Stanley Cup champions? Well, this Washington year? would have to play the the Leafs if the Leafs get the final spot. It'd be Toronto <laughs> and Washington. And it could be Pittsburgh and uh, Toronto too. So. Interesting, though. Interesting. Yeah, it's it's. We were, you know, Naz and I were having this discussion uh, just before the show of what it takes to make the playoffs in the NHL, and what it takes to make the playoffs in the NBA. But correct me if I'm wrong. uh, It just, it just, it's exceedingly difficult. You've got to be a good, good team to make no to make the playoffs in the NHL. Um, There's no lousy any. Essentially, almost any team that makes the playoffs in the NHL with a hot goalie and they get on a run, maybe they don't make the stand maybe they don't win the Stanley Cup, but we've had instances in the last 10 15 years where you know their teams coming out of the 7 or 8 hole end up in the Stanley do, Cup do, finals. Do you remember Carolina and Yeah, and Edmonton. Edmonton you know, off so Epps upsets especially in the first round of the of the NHL playoffs are are, are not are not unexpected and, and and you know you get these teams that win the president's cup and the you know 115 points and they get bounced in the first round because um, there's no super teams anymore there's no dynasty teams unless you want to call the Blackhawks a dynasty team but you know, there's no there's no dynasty teams like the Oilers or the Islanders or the Habs from from the old days that just are clearly dominant. You don't have clearly dominant teams anymore, and the teams that make the playoffs are not lousy teams. They're capable of upsets. I find the NBA totally different. You go into the NBA playoffs and you can count on one or two fingers who's going to win who's going to win the title. And you've got some mediocre teams making the playoffs in the 7 and 8 holes. 
with losing records. It's possible to get into playoffs in the NBA with a losing record or pretty close to it. Um, so how, how are things shaping up? The obvious favorites, of course, are Washington and Pittsburgh. Uh, coming out of the West, Minnesota. Who else, Ness? San Jose? They're, they're all there. L- uh, I mean, any Chicago. LA's not even LA's in a playoff not spot. In the playoffs, but if they get into the playoffs, they could win too. They, you know, so uh, they have quick back, right? So I, I this could be could be a surprise this year. I my sense of it is if Pittsburgh gets the goaltending they got in last year's playoffs, um, somebody's got to knock them out, or they're they're repeating. Um, It'll be a quirky final, I'm sure. Anyways, Kevin from Buffalo. Good morning, Kevin. How are you this morning? Gentlemen, and very nice interview with Lou Nanny, the Minnesota North Stars, and it brought back memories, too, of the Reeds, Tom Reed, and the great Minnesota North Stars teams. But wanted to just bring a topic today as you know, spring training is opening, and the Toronto Blue Jays, and here in Buffalo, the Blue Jays AAA farm team. And just noteworthy to mention that the Blue Jays hitting instructor for the Bisons will be Devon White this season, a great Blue Jay superstar. And the skipper will be Bobby Meacham of the former Yankees. So, As you know, today Toronto is playing the Yankees and spring training. And yes, Friday we had we broke a 111-year-old record in Buffalo. It was 71 degrees. (laughs) So hope is eternal. The Blue Jays, a good season, and just a nice comment on the Blue Jays and. With spring training opening, a, a fine season for John Gibbons. Listen, Kevin, thanks so much. Always a pleasure to hear from you, and thanks so much for the call. Naz, uh, 71 degrees. Wow. wow. I was down in my basement getting my golf clubs ready. <laughs> They've already been out once this year. So Devon uh, White, the best center fielder the Jays ever had. He was... Uh, Who's the second best? Because I can't... Uh, defensively. Oh, they, defensively, he's in a class of his... I mean, incredible. Pilar incredible. is a defensive, but... Devon White, yeah, I can. You know, the thing about Devon White is, uh, you know, my memory, my memory isn't what it used to be. Uh, you know, Zoomer, 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 Dumb, or whatever you call this, uh, this, uh, this cohort that we now are. Naz is uh, affecting my uh, my memory. We've got so many years of sports to remember now. Uh, the, but uh... I do. But when you mentioned Devon White, I have a very, very vivid image of him. Uh, chasing down balls in the outfield, and he had that he had that long loping stride, and he just used to catch up to everything. The big one was the triple play they never called when uh, Deion Sanders was tagged by Kelly Gruber. That was the catch of the World Series. So, so, so certainly Blue Jays. Thank Kevin for bringing the Blue Jays up because we're uh, you know the boys of uh, the boys of summer are uh, about to get the to get the whole shebang started, and uh, like Kevin from Buffalo says. Hope springs eternal, and uh, I don't want to get into a lengthy Encarnacion two for two yesterday. <laughs> I don't want to get into a lengthy Blue Jays conversation today. With that, certainly that that discussion is going to uh, become front and center uh, starting in the next couple of weeks. Uh, I want to go back to hockey, Naz, um, and uh, we've got a trade deadline Wednesday. I believe it's Wednesday, March the first. 
I can't see the Leafs doing anything other than perhaps adding a depth uh, a depth player. Their their need seems to be more down the middle. Um, you know, they they suffered from Bozak being out last night. Cost them. You know, he would have been the guy out on that faceoff in the overtime. Uh, uh, and that may have may or may not have cost them that game. He's uh, he's their highest percentage faceoff guy. Uh, they may need another depth center, and they probably got a second or a third pick they'll give away for it. Uh, other than that, I really can't see the I can't see the Leafs uh, making any other move. I don't know what other moves are going to be shaking around the rest of the NHL. They keep talking about Shattenkirk in in St. Louis because he's not signed. Um, are they gonna Are they gonna trade him when they're in the thick of a playoff hunt? Um, for for you know what are you going to get for maybe you get you're going to get a first uh, a low end first like uh, first round draft choice other than that do you see anything else coming down the pipe now I, I really think the teams are going to be are getting smarter because they're going to stay on pat and go with their young guys I don't think they're going to make many moves I really don't and the well, other the least the least yeah it, just, I, it I doesn't make sense it yeah, doesn't make sense I don't think any team's going to make any significant moves Naz I'll throw you a huge trivia question. Because uh, you know, you know this thing. You never, you know, you know, you got every stat under control. Who's the highest paid Toronto Maple Leaf right now? Highest paid Toronto Maple Leaf is Joffrey Lupo. Actually, he's not. <laughs> oh, who is it? Nathan Horton. <laughs> Five point three million. You sure that uh, Lupo's not there? No, Lupo's all. Uh, you might be Lupo's probably in for number two, but the highest paid Toronto Maple yeah, Leaf right now is Nathan him. Horton. Yeah, they traded Clarkson for him. But they're just, they're just, they can bury that money. It's just they're paying. Well, Horton. they had to. I mean, that was it was it was one of uh, wasn't that all part? Horton was all part of getting rid of David Clarkson. Yeah. So uh, you know, my where thought, is David Clarkson? Uh, he's in he's in uh, Robidaw Land. <laughs> Lou's kitchen, Lou's basement, as they call it. He's in Robidaw Land with Joffrey Lupul. I mean, these guys. It's the amazing part about the NHL you know, nowadays. When, when Lou, they when they ice these guys, it's, it's man, they really ice them. It's interesting. We're talking about Lou Lamarillo, and we're talking. Lou Nanny said that uh, Con Smythe didn't like Italians, and they wouldn't be able to play on his team. I, I, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd love to pursue that conversation with Lou Nanny off the air. Uh, I really would, uh, and I, I was, I was struck by that too. Really, I was, uh, and it's going to cause me to go back and do a little bit more research on this topic. I believe Lou. I believe Lou. Uh, I believe Lou too, uh, but I find it hard to believe. Uh, I'm, I'm, I am going to go back and research this topic because Lou threw that out there today. And, yeah, you noticed it, Naz, and I noticed it, too. Lou Nanny made the comment that Con Smythe had, uh, uh, I don't, I got to go back and check the tapes to see what his exact words, had something against Italian Canadian hockey players. I'd love to read his exact words, but we're going to follow up on that one. I'm not going to let that one go by. Anyways, uh, really quickly, Naz, we got to get off the air. I'm getting the buzz in the earphones here. Rookie of the year, Matthews, Liney, Marner, Matthews, for sure. We've got another month to find out. Anyways, it's been another fantastic week on the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. Naz, have a fantastic week. You too, Wally. To all our listeners, have a fantastic week, a safe week. We'll be back again next Sunday morning at 9 a.m. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.